0: To the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we're here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. We got bowl season coming up. We got some transfer portal stuff to get to, and I got two great guys to talk with me about it today. I got Brant, the CEO of Big Banter Sports, and I have Connor making another visit to talk about his Iowa Hawkeyes and a few other teams, I'm sure. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So I'm sure he's going to be fair and honest about all of that. Uh, we'll see how Connor does there. But before we do that, let's let each guy introduce introduce themselves tell you where you can find them at brant why don't you start us off
1: yeah i'm brant i'm the ceo and founder of big banner sports uh you can find all of our stuff over on twitter instagram uh tiktok at big banner sports is the tag for all of that uh, you can check out our website bigbannersports.com i've got a bunch of blog articles you can access all the different podcasts within our network from there um but yeah if you haven't checked it out definitely go do so lots of good stuff
0: for sure. A lot of great stuff over there. Big Bainter Sports. And of course, we are affiliated with them. So you check them out. You check us out. It all works together. Connor, go ahead and tell people about you and where they can find you at.
2: Yeah. So as far as uh, social media right now, we are on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, we are uh, at Inside the Nest Zero, And on uh, Instagram, we are InsideTheNestPod um as far as podcasting though you can find us on youtube and spotify so if you just type in inside the nest you'll be able to find us there
0: very good all your iowa coverage you want over there uh please don't forget check out big banta sports like we were talking about with brant big sports.com and if you're watching on youtube like and subscribe we appreciate that if you're listening after the fact on podcast give us a rating let us know what you think about the podcast we also appreciate that all right guys let's get into it First off, we have Kyle McCord and Dylan Rayola. They are projected to go to Nebraska right now. This is some big news for Nebraska. I would say they probably had the worst quarterback room, if not one of the worst quarterback rooms in the Big Ten last season. We could be talking about a former five-star and a current five-star, number one QB in the class, going to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. On top of that, there's also been some rumors of Trevor Etienne going over there as well. So it's an interesting situation. Matt Rule is kind of cooking right now. I'm interested to get you guys' thoughts on it. Um, if Matt Rule pulls this off, what does this mean for the future of the Cornhuskers program? Brant, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. All the rumors that are floating around there right now uh, with those two guys. If you would have mentioned those two names to me two years ago, I would have thought you were talking about Ohio State's quarterback room, because obviously McCord was our guy the last uh, last year, and Rayola was committed to Ohio State at one point. Um, I mean, a little bit of hard feelings for the kid. He's he, He's been at four different high schools throughout his high school career, and he's been committed to three different college programs, so I don't know if I can even buy into the fact that he's going to Nebraska. Uh, he might commit, but that doesn't even mean anything until, I mean, he'll probably find a way to get out of his, um, it, once he actually signs, um, he'll probably find a way to still flip. But um, that, if that ends up being their quarterback room, that's really interesting. It's a massive upgrade over really anything that we've seen there in the past few years, um, at least since, since they've had Andrew, Adrian Martinez, that you guys are probably even more uh, gifted than he once was. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how the how this plays out. Um, and if those two guys both go there, it's going to be a really interesting quarterback out of this offseason.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you'd wish Kyle McCord was the younger guy and Dylan Rayola was the older guy, right? With Dylan Rayola switching around so many times. And I know there's the stuff about he would have had to miss games out in Arizona because of some transfer high school reasons. So that's why I went to Georgia. I don't know. I didn't hear about that when he went to Georgia the first time. So I don't know how, you know, how much uh, validity there is to that. But you almost wish Kyle McCord was the young guy coming in. And Dylan Rayola was the older guy because, you know, you, then you're like, oh, well, he only has one year here. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting situation. Um, Dylan Rayola could do a lot of different things. He's just he's kind of unpredictable at this point. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on Matt Rule bringing those guys in and the future of the Cornhuskers program?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, this transfer portal goes, it doesn't seem like uh, you can really trust anything until it's officially done. So, you know, as of right now, it's all kind of just rumors. but. I mean, I don't know, man. You look at it; it would be the most gifted room we've ever seen Nebraska have, at least in my lifetime. So it is really dangerous. As far as looking forward, as an uh, you know another Big Ten team fan, I think that they could just take this and run away with it. It's it's kind of a domino effect. If they do get, you know, McCord, then you do see guys like Fleming. You do see guys like Etn kind of following his footsteps. So. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but uh, nothing's done until it's done. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: And I'm glad you brought up Fleming, though, because he's one that really makes me skeptical about this whole thing, because he didn't exactly have a great year with Kyle McCord throwing the ball to him. In fact, he had a better year the year before, uh, zero touchdowns this year. I'm not trying to say they have a bad relationship or anything like that. I have no idea, but it would seem to me that you know he might be a little upset not having the best year, um, of all time in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So, it's one of those things where you're right there, Corey, or Corey Connor. <laughs> um, but it's one of those situations where it's just can't it, it even even want to go there. And make that happen. I'm not sure. But uh the other piece to this, and Brent, I know you've been following this as an Ohio State fan, that uh, you know, McCord, obviously the rumors are that he's afraid of competition and Ryan Day was gonna open things back up competition wise, and Kyle McCord, his dad, whoever it might be, didn't want that to happen. So the thought is, would Kyle McCord even want to go there? Would there be a QB battle? I'm I'm interested in your thoughts, Brent.
1: Yeah, I mean that seems to be more the fan base talking than anything else that wow. uh, McCord is afraid of competition. Uh, Cause he obviously embraced the competition this past off season with Devin Brown. Uh, he beat him out. He won the job. And then the competition actually continued into the season uh, for the first few games, they rotated in and out and McCord just completely embraced it, went out there and won the job. Uh, and I, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't embrace the competition again. Ah, uh, being a 22 year old quarterback going against kind of a hot headed 18 year old quarterback, it seems like a competition that's winnable. Even even if Ariola is as uh, generational of a talent as people say he is, I think it's still probably winnable just because he's so young. So I, I don't I don't think that's going to drive McCord away from going to the Raptors. That's where it starts at.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think you're right. There are just a lot of rumors with it. And we have to, you know, be careful with those rumors. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people. Eric came on here was talking about his dad, Kyle dad and all that stuff. And I, I get where the rumors coming from. Uh, and as an Ohio State fan, I want anybody to blame as much as anybody else <laughs> with the loss to Michigan. Um but at the same time, like you said, Brant, he embraced the competition before with Devin Brown. Uh, so it's not like he's just completely averse to that, but we'll definitely see how it goes. Connor, uh, while you were out there for a minute, we were just talking about the fact that, uh, or the the rumor that Kyle McCord does not care for competition. And would we think that that might deter him from going to Nebraska? Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened there with my connection, come, but... um. I think I came in at the right time there. It is kind of just all rumors. Um, I don't know. I feel like I kind of heard some of the similar stuff with the Raiola family. Um, Again, I don't know what I don't know. I'm not on the inside there. But it doesn't really seem like either guy particularly is a fan of competition, hence why they've uh, kind of bounced around a little bit. So I could see that actually being a big deter for um, Kyle McCord coming in. But at the same time, as we were saying before, he is the older guy. It feels like he's going to have the nod. You know, going into all this, but considering he has a little bit of experience, but I don't know, man. It is hard to step away from the number one overall recruit. So definitely a little bit dicey over there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Matt Rule would definitely have a lot on his plate to deal with. I know the joke right now is Dylan Rayola's dad is crazy and Kyle McCord's dad is crazy. So, uh, you know, if you get the really good QB room, you might just have two of the craziest dads overall, <laughs> at least rumor wise, uh, in all the Big Ten in that room. Uh So that would be interesting as well. Uh Brent, you have any thoughts on the Trevor ETN, the rumors there. Do you think that's likely? Do you think that's kind of just smoke? You have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. It feels like Nebraska fans, they kinda go off the walls. I, I, I put Nebraska fans in the same basket as I put Indiana basketball fans. Like they think they think every player in the transfer portal and every recruit is going to go there. So you see one guy, one one solid running back into the transfer portal. Nebraska fans are going to blow it up into something when it's just not. Uh, I've seen rumors of him going to like Georgia, too. I've seen even Ohio State get a few, um, a little bit of rumors there. Um, so it, it seems like Etn doesn't really know where he's going at this point, but I, I don't think it's going to be Nebraska.
0: Yeah. I heard a lot of buzz about Georgia at the beginning, which makes more sense. He kind of, if I'm not mistaken, he was the running back that was talking about kind of wanting to win. And he didn't really feel like, not that he was trying to dog, you know, Florida, but it sounded like he didn't really think that that was something that was going to happen at Florida. Uh, and obviously Florida, they have their own issues to deal with right now. Uh, so, all right, Connor, before we finish this up, you have any thoughts on, on, uh, ETN?
2: Yeah, to me, that one doesn't seem, uh, as likely, um, I don't know. like Brant said, it seems like most of the recruiting websites you look at have projected him to go to a place like Georgia and it's hard to see him going somewhere else considering that, you know, it seems like his his job to lose already. But yeah, I don't know. It just it, again, if if they do get, you know, a guy like Kyle McCord or let's say another big name quarterback, I could see him coming in and buying into that culture. So we'll have to wait and see what happens beforehand. But as of right now, I think uh it's probably not likely.
0: Right, and at the end of the day, if Nebraska can land any three of these guys, it's a good offseason for them, so it'll definitely be one uh, to monitor there and see see how it goes. All right, guys, let's get into some bowl game predictions. Ohio State plays Missouri in their Cotton Bowl, and Missouri is currently favored by two and a half, though Ohio State is the higher-ranked team, though Ohio State, you would think, is the better overall program, at least historically. Recently, they've been the better program, but Missouri, they've kind of had an up-and-up year, really had some good wide receiver play. Their defense was a little bit better, not the best defense they've ever had, but a little bit better than what they've had. And uh, their, their quarterback was a nice uh, shine to this team and and able to help them out a lot. Eli Drinkwitz seems to have this team rolling well, and uh, everybody seems to think Ohio State's in trouble with how many uh, transfers they're losing and those things and losing yourself. Starting quarterback losing one of your top three receivers on the team possibly probably not having marvin harrison jr some other opt-outs there as well i don't know how much vegas is taking that into account but uh but brant i'm curious what are your thoughts on this ohio state and missouri game
1: yeah i understand why the line is the way it is right now just because marvin harrison's probably not gonna play and mccord's obviously gone uh, a lot of people leaving ohio state right now and more Expected to probably opt out. Uh, meanwhile, Missouri, a lot of their better players are underclassmen, so they'll be they'll all be playing. Uh, and this is kind of their Super Bowl per se—a chance to knock off Ohio State. You don't get that all the time, uh, especially. I mean, they play in the SEC; they get to play like Georgia and all those big teams. Uh, but to play a team like Ohio State in the postseason is going to be a big thing, a big deal for them. Uh, but that being said, if you're a betting man and you see that plus odds for Ohio State in a bowl game. I don't know why you're not taking it Um, because in every single bowl game that Ohio State has played in since um, the inception of the CFP that wasn't a playoff game, Ohio State has won handily. You got 2015, they played Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, crushed them. 2017, USC, uh, 24-7 win in the Cotton Bowl. 2018, beat Washington in the Rose Bowl. and 2021, wasn't as much of a blowout as actually more of a comeback against Utah, uh, but again, that's another one 4 zero in game and playoff games in the CFE era that are not er, in, yeah, in bowl games that are not playoff games. Um, and on, also on the flip side, you've got a lot of guys surprisingly saying they're actually playing in the game rather than opting out already. Uh, Denzel Burke is playing. Jack Sawyer is playing. And Ibuka is playing. Tyleek Williams is playing. Donovan Jackson's playing. That's a lot of guys that I thought would probably opt out. Uh, so it seems like the guys are all still kind of banded together for this game. Uh, I, I don't think Ohio State's going to struggle.
0: Yeah, the guys right now that I have that are out are obviously Kyle McCord, Julian Fliving. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, even though he's talked about coming back. I feel like it's kind of like a C.J. Stroud situation last year where it's just kind of like bait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg. I think normally he would play, but if his arm is still injured, he did not look good in the Michigan game. Just couldn't look like he couldn't tackle and some of those things. So uh, I'm not sure if he'll play. Obviously, second string running back Chip Trainum. He will not be playing. Uh, but the two guys that I have question about are JT Tuimolau. Travion Henderson. And of course, the third guy, Emeka Ibuka, uh, to see if those guys are going to play because those guys, two of them are on offense, and those would be huge for Devin Brown to be able to throw to and to have the run game with. And another one in JT, he was the one that got a lot of pressures this season and was really able to put pressure on the quarterback, uh, even though Ohio State wasn't able to get those sacks. So interesting for them uh, to see what they can do uh, in, in that situation. Connor, you have any thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was mad impressed with what I saw from Coach Drink this year in Missouri. Um, you know, the last few years, when I look at Missouri and how they fared in the SEC, I thought they were kind of one of the the joke of the teams, you know, uh, respectfully. But it turns out, you know, finishing in the side of the top 10 is no easy feat. So this is a game that I think is a little bit of a trap for Ohio State. I know that we've talked about some of those guys already sitting out, but I don't like I was mad impressed with what I saw from a guy but Corey Schrader, I think is his name. I mean, I think he might have been the best running back in football this year. So I think Ohio State's in for a little more than they uh know. However, like Brent was saying, they've definitely uh as underdogs or, you know, as favors even have just kind of taken care of business in bowl games. So it is hard to bet against them. I am still impressed with Missouri though. I got the Buckeyes winning though, probably by a score or two.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I think the biggest thing right now with the way that bowl games are, I feel like the team that's motivated has the upper hand by a lot. Uh, And if you would have asked me a week ago, who is the more motivated team? I would have said Missouri. Like you said, Brant, this is their super bowl. This is, you know, kind of like as high As they're going to get, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team anytime soon. However, they just they did just finish ninth and we're going to get to the 12 team playoffs. So maybe with that, they'll be able to sneak in there every now and then. Uh, But at least for right now, for these seniors, this is their Super Bowl. And the only guy I can think of and the only guy when I was looking stuff up that might opt out is Corey Schrader. Uh, just because he is a running back. He does have a future. So it's possible. That's not been confirmed. Um, So I don't even want to say that, you know, like take it into account when I do my prediction. Uh, But it is one of those situations where we could possibly see him opting out. And if he does, that's a huge blow to Missouri, because like you said, Connor, he's been very, very good this season and a huge part of why they've had success. Uh, Brent, you have any uh, score predictions for this one?
1: Yeah, I think Missouri. I mean, Missouri is a great team. Like you guys mentioned, uh, finishing top ten is not easy. Uh, their offense was really clicking. Luther Bird and a menace. He's going to be top of the guard. Um, and Mookie Cooper might get a little revenge game going. Uh, OSU transfer that's playing out there. Their uh, their second leading receiver, I believe. But I yeah. That being said, I I still think Ohio State probably wins by maybe ten. Let's go twenty four to fourteen.
0: That's about what I got. I have 27-17, but I I really mean no disrespect with that because I I could see a situation where Missouri wins as well on this one because uh, they are starting Devin Brown. As much as I'm high on Devin Brown, and I think Devin Brown could be very good, uh, the passing game is going to be a huge part in this one. Missouri is, I think, 12th in turnover margin nationally, and Ohio State doesn't get a lot of turnovers. So if you see Devin Brown get down and uh, start having a bad drive or two or something like that, he could throw a pick, he could fumble it, something like that could happen, and that could cause trouble for Ohio State because, as we know, off of turnovers, teams have been able to score on Ohio State's defense, and that's been kind of their Achilles heel throughout the season is turning it over and scoring on them there. So definitely an interesting situation to think about, um, and we'll, we'll definitely have to see how the game plays out, because I'm with you, Brent. When I see that negative for another team or see that plus next to Ohio State, I'm like, uh, I think I know what I'm going to bet there, just in case. So, all right, well, let's get to Connor's team. Iowa faces Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Tennessee is favored by 7.5. I felt like that was kind of big, the over-under on this one. Got above 30 for Iowa, so that's uh, 36 is the over-under on this one. Um, Iowa has some guys who could be out. And Connor, I'm sure you'll reference some of these, but Cooper DeJean, Jay Higgins, Sebastian Castro, those are kind of the stars of the defense who could be out. Uh, De- Deontay Vines is in the transfer portal. He did have a good amount of receiving yards for this team this year. And then Tennessee, they actually have some guys who are confirmed to be out. The starting cornerback, uh, Slaughter, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, so I'm not even going to try it. Uh, and then their edge rusher who had the most snaps in the team, Tyler Barron. He is going to opt out for this one. And then Jalen Wright might opt out. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I think he's in the transfer portal. And then Jabari Small is also probably going to opt out in this one. Uh, we'll see what goes on there. Connor, what are your thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, so honestly, uh, a team like Iowa, it's very rare to see, you know, a lot of their star players actually sit out. I mean, unless it's a given that they're a top 10 pick, even guys like Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta, like you'll still see them play in their bowl games. They still really care. I mean, they they want to go out with a bang. So as far as Jay Higgins, Sebastian Castro, um, I, I actually do expect to see them playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper DeGene, I think he won't be able back in time. Same with Luke Lachey, but... We should have the majority of our team out there, which is pretty reassuring um that being said, I think there is a bit of a talent gap with between us and just the s e c as a whole so I would say i I guess I understand why they're favored like that, but i we have Phil Parker. I'm not worried about losing by that many points uh but if you do look at history in bowl games, Tennessee did beat our breaks off one year, so. I'm not feeling all that particularly thrilled about this matchup this year, but that does make me feel better. I actually was unaware of all those guys that were going to be out for Tennessee, so I'm looking forward to this matchup now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, some guys to worry about for Tennessee. Uh, somebody talked about Joe Milton being out, but I can't imagine that the dude needs to play for his draft stock, especially sure. against uh, a good defense like Iowa, so that way he can show something. Um, I, I Maybe this is just me and SEC fans. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a hater here because I know you watch our videos sometimes. I think Tennessee is overrated this season. I don't think they're as good as they uh, have seemed to be. Who they beat this year? I can't find a good team that they beat this year that warrants them being ranked. And honestly, a lot of the teams that did beat them were like, oh, that's a good loss. You know, uh, Ole Miss and some of those in, in Florida, it's like, well, who did they beat? You know, the SEC did not have a great season at a conference. And so they just kind of beat up each other. And as we can tell from the most recent rankings, whether you agree with it or not, there's definitely SEC bias in the rankings. Um, So for me, it's like, this Tennessee fit team might be a bit overrated. Uh, And even though most SEC teams are going to have a talent gap over a Big Ten team. I still think Iowa plays way above their talent, at least on defense, uh, than anywhere else. And if you're gonna beat Tennessee, it's gonna be with a really good defense. So uh I definitely think Iowa has a shot in this one. And uh if I had to give a score prediction, I'd say sixteen to thirteen, uh Iowa wins and really uh showing the SEC that Big Ten West defense one more time before the Big Ten West is completely gone. <laughs> Love uh, that. Yeah. Uh Brant, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, honestly, could not have said it better myself. That sixteen to thirteen, uh, Iowa win is spot on. That's exactly what I would have said. Uh, and back to Tennessee hasn't beat anyone. They're they're zero three against ranked teams this year. They just they haven't sacked up against you know teams that uh, they maybe it's, if they want to actually show that they have any competence of a football program they, they've got to beat. Uh, but yeah, this this Tennessee team's not good. Um, and Iowa, on the flip side, has feasted against horrible quarterback play. And I mean, I've watched Joe Milton for years since he was at Michigan. I don't know where the hype ever came from, but he's not a good quarterback. Iowa's going to gonna just get a ton of turnovers off him. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see a defensive touchdown uh, from Iowa and probably three turnovers minimum. Um, and it's definitely another walking Iowa under uh, one more time for the Big Ten West. 36 is a high line for this game. You know, Deacon Hill's not going to be scoring touchdowns. You know, Joe Milton's going to be throwing picks left and right. Um, it's going to it's gonna have that Big Ten West feel to it.
2: On the oh. flip side, though, it's Brian Farron's last game, man. So you got to be careful. You know, he might just go out there drawing up the craziest trick plays you've ever seen.
0: Hey, let no. him open up That's the true. offense for once, you know? Let right? Him, let, let, might as well. Let him loose. Let Brian cook. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. <laughs> Uh no, I, I completely agree with you, Brant. I, I, I just that was the other part of it that I didn't mention is that Joe Milton, yes, he has a very strong arm. Is he accurate? No. Does he make good decisions? No. I mean, this is all stuff that like you need to do to beat Iowa. A really strong arm is not what you need to beat Iowa. It's good decision-making and accuracy and playing sound offense because you, I mean, you don't want to give anything away to this Iowa defense because I mean, really the offense, you know, sorry, Connor, but it's not going to do much,
2: you know, no offense no, uh, no, no <laughs> taken here,
0: right? That's how they play. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're playing exactly into the Iowa Hawkeyes hands with a quarterback like Joe Milton. And uh, it'll be definitely be interesting to see how this one goes. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. UCLA plays Boise state UCLA is favorite in this one. I know what you're going to say. UCLA isn't a big 10 team. All right, but hear me out. We're going to get there a little bit early because this bowl season, we're going to start seeing some players who are going to be in the big 10 next year because UCLA does have quite a number of guys not playing in this one. The Lombardi trophy winner Latu is not playing Dante Morris in the transfer portal. He's their leading passer. He is not playing John Humphrey, Kamiri Ramsey, William Nemo, Carson Ryan, Cam Brown, the starting wide receiver. These guys are all not playing. Um, And so it's going to be kind of a skeleton crew for UCLA, uh, especially on that defense, which really, really carried UCLA this year. And on top of that, the defense coordinator for UCLA is at USC now. Uh, So, I would say, kind of. If I, if these two teams were even, I would say UCLA is going to win this one. But I have a little bit more question going into it with uh, with so many players being out. Branch, should I be thinking about that, or what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, definitely. In some of these like lower level bowl games, uh, you're probably going to see, especially in a in a game where it's a, a high power conference versus a mid major conference, those guys aren't going to be too fired up to to go play that game. So you're going to see a lot of those opt-outs like we're getting with UCLA. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see Boise State go in this game. I think they should actually be favored. Uh, the game is in LA, so that's maybe has a bit to do with that. But at the same time, when UCLA plays their home games in the Rose Bowl, you see about 10 fans show up. So I, I don't think that's going to have that much of a, an impact on the game. Um, and Yeah, that, anybody I've ever heard of that plays for UCLA is not playing in this game. So uh, let's go with Boise State.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's a, Bo- a Boise State offense that's high powered. And of course, they don't have their QB one and Talon Green and they don't have their wide receiver one and Eric McAllister. So that does play into it as well. But, you know, that's two guys for Boise State when you know what that's on the defense. I think I listed four guys on the defense for UCLA. So that's impactful as well. But it, I mean, this is going to be a high powered offense for a high powered defense. It's definitely going to be an interesting one to see. Connor, what are some of your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I don't think Brandt could have said it any better there. I mean, typically in these, uh, these lower-level bowl games, it does kind of just look like a, a walking blowout going into it. But as you mentioned, I mean, seeing guys like Dante Moore not playing and uh, Latu and, you know, big names like that who are potential future first-rounders, I mean, that makes an impact. I, I do think that Boise State doesn't have to travel all too far. Uh, It is kind of like their Super Bowl that we were talking about earlier with uh, Missouri. So I think I could see them, you know, keeping this one awfully close. I don't know if they'll win it, but I think that they cover a four point spread for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think the key for UCLA here is going to, uh, is going to be for them to lean on that run game. Carson Steele hasn't been exactly what you thought he would be this season, but I think you can lean on that run game enough. Hopefully the defense is still talented enough and, uh, plays well enough that they'll be able to win this one. I'm going to be optimistic for the Bruins and I'm going to go 24. to 14 against boise state uh i really think that taylor green being out is going to hinder boise state but they still have the coaching staff intact so it very well could be flipped on me brant did you give a score prediction
1: uh yeah let's go i i like under under that 49 number go yeah, boise state by 14 maybe 24 to 10
0: So you're like the opposite of me going 24, 14. (laughs) Yeah, I can. Honestly, I can see it going either way. This is one of those ones where there's just so many opt outs and everything. It's really going to be a testament to Chip Kelly, uh, either a testament to him or it's going to be like, Chip Kelly, what are you doing here? You need to get this team together. So uh, and I do think Chip Kelly is still a good coach, very good offensive mind. uh, So he might be able to get this team going more than we realize. All right, let's go to our next one. Northwestern versus Utah. Uh, Utah's favored in this one by six and a half. I do want to make a note. Bryson Barnes is in the transfer portal, but he did say he is going to play in this game. So I don't know if that means he's not going to commit until after but they have like three quarterbacks in the transfer portal obviously uh, cam rising is not going to be available for this game so Bryson uh, Barnes did say that he's going to come back and play but I think he realizes that he's not going to be the starting quarterback next year with cam rising coming back for like his sixth or seventh year or something like that crazy that that's what we have going on but uh, but Northwestern they are going to be missing their starting guard Josh Priebe. Pribe, whatever, you, however you pronounce his last name, he's gonna be out for this one since he's in the transfer portal. It's gonna be an interesting game. Uh, I, listen, I have be- been a believer in Northwestern all year long, but with Bryson Barnes being there, uh, with only one wide receiver out for Utah, I, I just, I don't know if I see Northwestern winning this one. Connor, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it time and time again, I, I've been nothing but impressed with this Northwestern team, and I think that their entire goal this year was to to go bowling. So the sheer fact they made it is, is extremely impressive. I, I do think, again, there's a little bit of a talent gap here going on, um, but that's kind of been the whole mantra for Northwestern this whole year. So they've continuously surprised me. I, I definitely see them keeping this one closer than six and a half, let's call it, but I, again, I just think like like you were saying, Barnes being back and you know, the majority of their team, I mean, like a year or two ago, this Utah team was hanging in there with the, or with Ohio State. So it's hard to hard to picture them losing to a northwestern.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Utah losing, what, the Rose Bowl against Ohio State two years ago, the Rose Bowl last year to Penn State. Uh, This team obviously is hungry, so um, I just don't know if it's the best situation for Northwestern. Brent, are you like us, or are you a little bit more optimistic for the Wildcats?
1: I've got a bit of optimism for him here because, I mean, like Connor said, it's been their thing the whole year. They've been underdogs in a lot of games, and they've gone out and competed and even knocked off some teams they probably shouldn't have beat uh, with the talent gap. I think this is a huge opportunity for the Big Ten West to kind of put themselves on the map one last time um, against definitely a what's a, a more talented team. Uh, but David Braun, he, he's had his guys playing all year long. Um, he won Big Ten Coach of the Year. The, the guys, they're, they're not the most talented, but they'll go out and fight for their coach. They'll go out and fight for each other. Um, and the thing with Utah, their, their offense, I mean, I think having Bryson Barnes in there is actually – I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's a good thing for Northwestern because I'm not sure who would be the next guy up, if anybody. But uh, I, Bryson Barnes isn't that talented. He's not that great. The um, Utah offense has not been clicking that much this year, um, at least definitely not what it was the past few years of the Cam Rising under center. Uh, definitely has been a setback, and they had more of an underwhelming o- season than they've had the past uh, few years. I think they finished 7-5, and five if I'm uh, not mistaken which is, I mean, they usually expect to get like nine and three, be in the Pac-12 championship. They won it the last two years. I obviously didn't come close to it this year. So coming off of what's a disappointing season versus Northwestern coming off of um, a really impressive season, way overachieving uh, what they were expected to do. um, I I don't see any reason for Northwestern to not do it one more time.
0: All right. Hey, you're more optimistic than I am. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Bryson Barnes is a gamer. I know he's not the most talented guy in the world, but I just, I feel like he's one of those guys that he would do anything to have his team win. Um, and I mean, Utah just has those kind of guys across the board. Now, Northwestern does too. So I really, I don't think this is going to be the most talented game in the world, but I do feel like we're going to see really, two really strong teams uh, slugging it out uh, really uh, going at it with each other I actually have Utah in this one 17 to 14 um, I think both defenses are good in this one I agree with you Brant. both uh, the uh, Utah offense is not as good uh, but I do have some concerns about Northwestern's offense and what they've been able to do um, you know Northwestern they are a big Ten West team so we'll see can uh, can David Brown bring the Big Ten West to Utah uh, and make Utah not only lose to a couple Big East teams, but can they lose to a Big West team? It'll be interesting to see for sure. All right, guys, let's move on to Minnesota plays Bowling Green. Minnesota is favored by four. Of course, Minnesota did finish the season five and seven, but due to some uh, bowl eligibility issues, they weren't able to make it in there. Connor, I know you have some thoughts about Minnesota. I know they kind of broke your heart this season, but uh, just give me your honest thoughts on Minnesota versus Bowling Green in this one.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I Minnesota, yeah, like you said, they broke my heart. But looking at this game, it almost feels a little bit disrespectful. I know, I know Minnesota was their record wasn't all that great, but they played some pretty solid teams this year. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like they're coming into this one minus four. I know they'd lost a lot of guys to the portal. Um, they lost Athens. I'm not going to say his last name, but. They has, I mean, they still have a lot of, uh, you know, studs there, and I, st- I think that they're just, I keep saying talent gap, and it's a little bit unfair, but I think they're gonna walk into this one, and they're gonna end up beating the brakes off them. I, I don't think this one's gonna be close. So that's just my two cents.
0: No, I see exactly what you're saying. That my biggest question mark is who's gonna be at running back because Zach Evans is missing. Is Darius Taylor going to be healthy? Is Jordan Newbin gonna be healthy? Thankfully, it hasn't seen to matter. Whoever. Coates the rock from Minnesota <laughs> seem to be able to run this year. Um, but I think Cole Kramer uh, is the quarterback who would be next in line because Athen is not there. Max Brosmer from New Hampshire is transferring in, but he said he's not going to be there until January. So I think the senior Cole Kramer is the one starting this game, but I, <laughs> I think Minnesota actually has some kind of underrated receivers. Uh, Crooms is better than I think people give him credit for. Daniel Jackson is, I think, better than people give him credit for. So this is going to be an interesting one. If Kramer can just make the right throws and make the right reads, I could see, like you, Connor, I could see this being a a three-score game where Minnesota comes out on top. Brent, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, the talent gap. Obviously, it's a Big Ten team versus a MAC team. Minnesota is going to be the more talented team. They probably should have been 4-8 and this year with what happened against Iowa, so them being in a bowl game is kind of crazy. But at the same time, they're going to walk into this game with Cole Kramer under center, like you said. He's a fifth-year senior that has attempted 14 career passes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he came out of this game still having attempted 14 career passes. Just the way that Minnesota plays football, they've got a good line. Uh, they have a, just a crazy deep running back room. They've thrown so many different guys back there and had 100-yard rushers like every game. Um, that's, how, that's how they play football, and that's how they're going to keep playing football, especially against a team that's not uh, probably on the same level as in talent-wise. So I think Minnesota's going to win it. Maybe the score isn't anything insane because they probably only put up like 21. But uh, it also depends who plays defensively for them. If Tyler Newbin is there versus if he's not there, uh, that could be a big difference maker because uh Bay's lack for Bowling Green. He played at Indiana. He played at Missouri. Uh, he's one of those like fifth or sixth year senior guys who's been around. He's played at higher levels. Um, he he can pick apart a part of defense if they're missing some of the, some of the key guys out there. Uh, so it, it's really going to depend who plays on the defensive side of the ball for Minnesota, in my opinion. Um, but I think, I just think they're offensively. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to trust a guy who has thrown 14 career passes. So just, Set back and aired out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Minnesota, that, that's the game plan. Lead on your run game in this one and, and really take care of business there. Um, we haven't talked about it on the show yet, but I guess we can talk about it a little bit here and then just get your thoughts on the impact of the game. But uh, Joe Rossi moving to Michigan State. Uh, some might think it's a lateral job. Some might think it's a job up. Whatever you want to think about it. I think there's more money there, so I'd consider that a job up if I'm making more money. Um, but, yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts on Joe Rossi not coaching in this one and uh possibly leaving that Minnesota defense uh not maybe as good as we've seen this season,
2: yeah, I mean, in recent years, obviously he's done uh more than enough to prove his worth, especially uh in the big time you know he fits the mold of the big Ten west kind of coordinator, so it is kind of wild to see him go, but considering the the coaching changes that you see going on over there, uh, I don't blame him, and like you said, the money going down, it definitely uh makes sense for him to go i consider it a step up for a job but it do, it will make a huge impact in this in this bull game and i actually kind of didn't think about that when i was talking about it earlier maybe it does keep this game a little bit closer than i anticipate but uh you know there's a lot of talent there and it seems like he's he's got these guys pretty much well coached leading up to this but it does make a huge impact and i know that that goes without saying but I think uh, the, it will make an impact in this game. It'll be, I don't know, maybe a one-score game as opposed to three, like I was saying before. So,
0: <laughs> Wow, 14-point uh, difference, huh? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, definitely I opened I,
2: my eyes a little bit.
0: Right. I hate when people say it's like a certain point difference for losing somebody. It's like you can't ever account for that. Right. Um, <laughs> Brant, what are your thoughts on Joe Rossi not being there?
1: Yeah, definitely interesting to see him kind of make that jump. Uh, always, always interesting to see somebody move within the conference to kind of a lateral position um but yeah i, I think it could definitely have an impact i'm not sure who's going to be uh, calling the shots in the defense for minnesota uh, but not having the guy who's been doing that the past two years is probably gonna make a bit of an impact
0: Yeah, for sure. So thankfully, it's just Bowling Green, which, you know, I say that watch Bowling Green win this one or give them a game like uh, Toledo gave Illinois a game earlier in the season. But I will credit I think Toledo uh, is obviously a better team than Bowling Green is. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right. Our last game we're going to talk about is Rutgers and Miami. Um, the Pinstripe Bowl. I think this is like the third time Rutgers has been to the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, in recent years. So, uh, they're going there a lot. Um, I never in my life after seeing Ohio State and Miami face off 20 years ago, did I think we would see Rutgers and Miami facing off in a bowl game? But. You know, here we are. Of course, no Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Uh, They have some defensive reserves out in this one, so that does make a difference. They have uh, one of their uh, primary wide receivers. I think he had the third most targets. Honest team, but but I can't find really any guys out for Rutgers. So Rutgers looks like they're gonna be full strength in this one. Kyle guy coming back for another year. That is huge for them. Gavin Wimsat gonna to continue to develop. Uh that'll be big for him to be in this one. I'm curious your thoughts on the game, Brent, of how you think this is gonna go.
1: Yeah, one guy that might be out. I'm not sure if he said he's sitting out for the bowl game, but I know Max Melton is going to the NFL draft. Uh so I wouldn't be surprised to see him set set out. But aside from that, it really seems like Rutgers is going to have their whole team. Meanwhile, Miami is kind of just... Um, it's kind of the common theme in these, but they're a team who maybe underachieved a bit. Uh, some of their guys are transferring out. Some of their guys are going to the draft and sitting out. Uh, so they're probably going to be a lot more of a pathwork team than Rutgers is in this in this game. They're going to have most of their guys who've been playing together all season. Uh, and I, I know they kind of fell off at the end of the year, but they had uh, definitely a tougher schedule down that stretch. I think Miami is going to be... Uh, The team they're going to be putting out there for this game is going to be more on the talent level of the teams they were beating up on earlier in the year. So I, I think Rutgers has a good shot to win this one.
0: Yeah, me too, especially with Emory Williams being the quarterback for Miami. No disrespect to him, but he's just not played a ton and that could really fall in favor of Rutgers in this one. Connor, what are some of your thoughts?
2: Uh, first of all, I'll just have a quick question: Is it confirmed that uh, Van Dyke is transferring to Wisconsin next year? Or Was that just a rumor? No,
0: that was confirmed.
2: Yeah, confirmed. Okay. yeah. yeah That's interesting. And two, another question: Was was Miami the team this year that like actually fumbled like the worst loss I've ever seen? Yeah, in my life? yeah. That yeah. alone, I'm going to be rolling with Rutgers. I, 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 that was so brutal. I mean, I don't know how their coach still has a job. So, the fact that they're favored in this game, no chance. I'm going to be rolling with Rutgers every ounce of the way. And, like you guys were saying, I mean, it seems like, you know, these Rutgers guys have something to prove. Manang guy coming back, I mean, he wants to go out there and I'm sure beat the brakes off a historically great team. So, I'm rolling with Rutgers all the way on this one. That's no hesitation.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Great Ciano, he has a winning bowl game record and he has the most bowl game wins at Rutgers of any coach. So uh, definitely a, a big game for Rutgers to really make a statement, and continue to be that way. I feel like Rutgers always plays hard in their bowl games because it's always a question if they're going to make it every single year. And so when they do get there, They're going to play really, really hard. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, it's typically the team that's the most motivated to play. And I feel like I'm not trying to be disparaging, but I feel like, you know, Miami has some more highly rated recruits and stuff like that. Um, Like you guys were saying about some of the other bowl games, I feel like Miami's not going to get up for this game. I don't think they're going to be too excited about it. I don't think they're going to, you know be giving it their all and I definitely think a Rutgers team that's this talented could make that happen with or without Max Mountain I read that Max Mountain is still deciding but people are saying he's leaning no but at the end of the day you can never predict that stuff it's a kid's decision um and and you can never figure that out so all right uh you guys got any more thoughts that's our final bowl game you guys got any more thoughts about these teams or maybe some of the um portal additions we had Tyler Van Dyke going to Wisconsin anything else like that Brent
1: uh, yeah. My one more just comment on the Iowa uh, game. Well, while well, I'm here, well, we've got Connor. I think it actually increases their chances by. I know you said you don't want to put, you don't like tying specific point amounts to um to like a player's impact. But with Deontay vines in the portal and the amount of drops that man has had this year, I'd say it increases Iowa's chances of winning by about seven points. Listen, and, man, you are not wrong.
0: We all know none of those drops were uh, Deacon Hill's fault either, right?
2: (laughs) Surely it was not Deacon Hill, but losing Deontay Vines this year, not to discredit, I mean, the dude actually had a lot of great catches, but let's not call it like some crazy loss, you know, that there was a zero point differential, actually, if not a positive one for Iowa, you know, with him sitting out. So I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, i mean iowa they're one of those teams they they keep their guys out of the transfer portal kirk Ferrance has built a great culture there um i'm just i'm interested to see who they hire as their offensive coordinator i feel like they're probably gonna hire from within because that seems to be kirk ference's uh mo but uh i don't know maybe they go out and get cliff kingsbury or something
2: (laughs) yeah man from what i'm understanding there no one really knows it's it's they've interviewed guys that we think like you know the obvious choices but They've also been interviewing coast to coast. So I wouldn't put a nail in any coffin there. I think we, we might be surprised to come a month or two. So cheers.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I do have one question, Connor, for you before we get out yeah. of here. Uh, quarterback situation for Iowa. Do you think they're going to stick with Cade McNamara? Do you think they're going to go into the portal and try to grab somebody? What do you think that's happening there?
2: I think they put all their eggs in one basket trying to get him last year. So I think they pretty much promised him the job for next year. Um, and i you know he was playing you know not at a very high level but he was playing at a level that i think certainly earned him a job over what we have i wouldn't hate going into the portal especially with losing a guy but yeah i don't foresee us going and getting anyone it's going to be cade
0: yeah yeah well i know it was a big loss losing uh, spencer petrus for you guys so right, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> That's to- right he's gone too yeah, prayers for you all leaving him. Or, uh, right. Leaving him, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks guys for coming in and uh, and uh, talking about the games here. Thank you for watching. We appreciate that. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. <clears throat>